let's jump right into this. We didn't get to go here last Sunday. What I believe is happening is I believe God is kind of orchestrating this as we go. And so sometimes, even last week, you saw where there was ministry um, going forth and we didn't get to actually teach the word. I think sometimes it happens and then God will bring understanding even after that. And so we're going to continue walking through this series. If I can get a little bit more volume, that'll be great. Um, conf- uh, which is called Our Father. Say Our Father. Our Father. Say it loud. Our Father. Our Father. And we are on the part confronting the orphan spirit. Confronting the orphan spirit, or you can put in your notes the orphan mentality. Um, you can also put in your notes, I belong at the king's table. I belong. At the, that's why this is all up here, because I want you to see the picture of where we belong in life, not just to eat a meal, but you belong here in life. You should be conducting life from here. You, you shouldn't be trying to attain this. You already have this. You don't have to serve hard, pray hard, beg to be accepted and sit at the king's table. This belongs to you. It's a part of your inheritance. I don't care if you've been saved three days or 300 days. I don't care if you flow in gifts or do not. You belong at the king's table. You live from here. You dress from here. You think from here. You marry from here. You date from here. You, 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 you walk and talk from here. You relate from here. And the reason we have so many issues in society is because most people don't think they deserve what they deserve. And we spend time beating ourselves up and woe is me and I'm so bad. And God says, no, 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 no. I love you. I'm in love with you. And you deserve everything that my son died for you to have. Say amen to that. Verse number 21 of Luke chapter three says, now, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying the heavens was opened. And the Holy Ghost, somebody said the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him and a voice from heaven, which said, thou art my beloved son, my beloved son, um, in thee, I am well pleased. Thou art my beloved son and in thee, I am well pleased. That voice is still ringing out from heaven today. You are God's beloved son. You are God's beloved daughter and he's well pleased with you regardless of what you think your issues are or what you know your issues are to be. How can that be so? Because God sees us through the blood of his son. He sees us redeemed. He sees us whole. He sees us accepted. We're the ones that's wrestling with our what we're doing down here. His son died. His son shed his blood. And when he looks at us, he looks at us through the blood. That's why we can say, I am, I am completely righteous. I stand complete in Jesus Christ, although I got a struggle, although I got this sin I'm dealing with. God sees me complete. Now, the word comes to get us in a place where we can deal with that. We can overcome that. We can, we can not just suppress it, but overcome it and not have to live with it anymore. But God sees you through the blood. I need you to understand that. When he said this to Jesus, Jesus hadn't performed any mighty acts. He hadn't performed any miracles. He hadn't raised anybody from the dead. Yet God says this is my son and I'm well pleased with him that's strong stuff there now if you look over in um, you look over in John chapter number 14 and verse number 18 it says I will not abandon you I will not leave you as orphans but I will come to you so the aim 
of this teaching is to produce in us the proper view of God as our father. It is to produce in us. It's to cause me to see God as my father. God as my father. God as my father. My natural father may not have been there. He may have done some things that were bogus. I still may not know him. He may be even already passed away. And there may be some some traumatic things or some, some relational things in my life that's still happening or I'm still dealing with because of that. And, and, and I struggle with this whole father piece or son piece or daughter piece. But if you are a believer, God is your father. And he, I know you, that's God. I'm talking about somebody natural. God, your father, will call somebody to be raised up in the earth realm to do for you what your natural father didn't even do. So the ultimate thing is seeing God as your father. Say amen to that. And, 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 and so it and to calls us to understand that we belong at the king's table. One, one of the um, things that I have issue with is some of our most unique encounters with God are, are, are deleted because we end up coming to church and being taught religion. And religion cancels out your authenticity or your authentic relationship or encounter with God. And, 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 and church in some ways has kept us from that. It's taught us to, to, to run from God. It's taught us to think that God is mad with us. It's taught us to, to always perform. And we are, we never have to perform. My natural children never have to perform to get things from me. When you perform for what already belongs to you, you produce Ishmael's. You produce works of the flesh. And that is not the will of God for us. You gotta learn how to just receive. Come on, say amen. I tell you, neighbor said, he need to calm down some. Tell him, say, he need to calm down. I'm trying to stay cool, but, but we have been studying this and talking about this. This is not just a message that we said this would be good to teach after the last one. We were in private, personal conversation, and we began to deal with and identify this spirit in us, London and I, and, and we begin to walk through some things and said, we, 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 got, we got to study this out. We got, we got to teach this. We, we got to first deal with us. And here's the thing. Even when you're dealing with it, the enemy always runs at your heel. Always. You can deal with it, pray about it, fall on the floor and get up and something will happen. It'll trigger something and you'll, it'll try to take you back. You say, I ain't, and you got to say, I ain't going back there. I, I'm, I'm done with that. Come on, say amen. Okay. And, and so tell your neighbor, say, you got to stop performing. You are accepted. You are loved. And here is this, write this down. You're not just loved, but he likes you. Come on, say God likes me. Religion has us living for an inheritance. And we should be living, listen, from an inheritance. Not for it. Not always trying to qualify to get something, but from it. And God wants to reveal himself to us as father. Who do you say that I am? He wants to show you his goodness. This will change your life expression. When you experience the goodness of your father, it changes how you approach life. And it testifies to others of the goodness of our God. 
And so what happens is if you don't accept that, you live as an orphan. And when you go overseas and you travel, you see a lot, you see lots of orphanages. We were just in Mexico. Um, there was, I told you there was an orphanage we usually go to. They said the neighborhood was dangerous and, and it was probably not best to go there. So we brought the, the young boys to the church and ministered to them there. But my point is there's a lot of orphanages all over when you go overseas. We have them here too in America. We just call them churches. So you have churches full of people that are trying to um, um, perform for God's acceptance and for God's love and God says no just receive me as father just receive me as father just receive me as father what is an orphan spirit write this down it's a person who feels often alone they feel they don't fit in anywhere or belong anywhere they don't have or think they don't have listen a safe and secure place in a healthy, mutually beneficial relationship. Healthy, mutually beneficial. A relationship that has reciprocity. Most people with orphan mentalities, they're in one-way relationships. They're always the ones doing, always the ones giving, always the ones going the extra mile, and they're always the ones being used and manipulated and abused. So it's not mutually beneficial. It's not one that affirms you or, or protects you or provides for you or expresses continual love for you. They're driven by fear, anxiety, bitterness. They struggle to comprehend that God loves them. Now I'm going to give you a whole lot of information today that, that once, you, once it hits your spirit, it's going, it's going to become revelation. For some, it's just information. I've never heard about this. I don't know what he's talking about, so I'm hearing it. But it's going to go from information to revelation. It's going to become real to you so you can move on it and overcome this spirit. We're going to confront it today in Jesus' name. Here are some characteristics of the orphan spirit. Inward feelings. Often lonely. Feeling alone. You have to sleep with the TV on or lights on or something running because you feel lonely all the time. Not just by yourself, but a spirit of loneliness. You feel unwanted. You feel awkward all the time. You feel insecure. You're always unsure of yourself. You feel misunderstood often. You intentionally hurt people in relationships because you feel you can't be loved, so I'll sabotage it before you hurt me. You, your language is this. Nobody's going to ever hurt me again because you were deeply disappointed by someone you trusted. So you live and you relate on the guard all the time. The thing about this that's dangerous is this is not folk that's just I'm um, 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 just getting saved or not saved. This is people that are married. People have this position and then they get married. You deal with abandonment and rejection. Write this down. I'm going to go quick. So you got to go back and listen to this because I, I can't I can't I can't give it to you where you can write it all down. Abandonment and rejection. Um, there's a persistent or draining worry that you deal with. You're always worrying about something. There's a constant feeling of insecurity. You deal with chronic depression, lingering sadness. You're often hopeless. You often feel like there is no hope. Nothing's going to happen to this. There's no hope in my job. There's no hope in my life. There's no hope of this. There's no hope of that. Um, it, it's chronic depression, lingering sadness, decreased self-esteem. You feel like you've lost control of your life. There's, there's always self-depreciation. You talk down about yourself. There's a constant voice of criticism in your head. 
about yourself which causes you to isolate yourself from everybody else. So somebody's always saying, you want to go? You want to do? Come on over here with us. And you always want to just stay to the side. You're always cool by yourself. I won't be bothered. And you come off antisocial, but you're not antisocial. You're just awkward because you feel like you don't belong. You want to relate. You want to go bowling. You want to go eating, but you feel like I don't belong with them because you see everybody else is better than yourself. Abandonment is a spiritual issue, not a natural one. Our spirits are born again. Our spirits feel God's presence and hear his voice. So when our spirits are wounded, it interrupts our ability to to experience the fullness of God. But Jesus, in his suffering, handled abandonment. When he was abandoned from the father and Jesus said, father, why has thou forsaken me? Why has thou abandoned me? That was Jesus's first time feeling um, cut off from his father. He did that so we wouldn't have to feel the abandonment. See, we're living with too much that he already died for. That he, everything that you can ever imagine bogus and wrong about your life that you don't like, Jesus already dealt with it on the cross. So why are we dealing with it twice? He was rejected. He was abandoned. He was confused. He was beaten. He went through all this mental anguish. And he says, it's finished. They pierced him. The blood flew out. He took the blood on the mercy seat of heaven and he sprinkled it out on our behalf and said, they're all free because of me. And it says it pleased his father to do it because his father had you and me in mind. Relational characteristics. They sabotage relationships. They don't trust their relationships. They pick fights. They pick, push people away. They assault those they go close to verbally and physically. They have severe trust issues. You say, I trust you, but I don't trust you with me. They're usually emotional wrecks. They're up and down and in and out. And they're laughing one minute and crying the next. And they're good today. And tomorrow they're, they're all out of their mind. They're emotional roller coasters. They're easily offended. Easily hurt. Very thin-skinned. They choose offense. They can know you to mean it, but they still choose offense. They're afraid to hope in fear of being disappointed. They're very pessimistic, very negative about everything. They find something wrong with everything. Not that, 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 that they want to, but, 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 but it makes them feel better to find something wrong with you or put you down. Yeah. It could be the greatest thing. It could be, it could be a, like a cold shirt, like the one that I have on right now. Yeah. Huh? Huh? It's a nice shirt, ain't it? Yeah. Yeah. When I saw it, I said, I got to get it. If you can get them shoes, I can get this shirt. But somebody that says, it's just, this is what an orphan spirit says, it's just too many colors in it though for me. And as you see him, it was a string hanging on while he was preaching. That's what, that's what an orphan spirit does. They, they find something wrong with everything. Don't, don't, don't look to the left or right, look at me. Anybody know somebody like that? Just raise your hand. You know somebody like that? Raise your hand. If that's you, raise your hand. No, don't, don't do that. They trust nobody's word. Listen, they can be distant or very clingy. They display 
um, random outbursts of anger over nothing, over small things. You come in and say that you cooked. No, I didn't cook. I didn't cook nothing. You say, wait, wait a minute. What happened? And their excuse is, but you made me mad. They can be verbally and physically abusive, but don't think that they are. People are either good or bad. There's no gray or in between. They can be merciless and graceless. They judge people by the flesh and they struggle greatly with forgiving. They often say things like this. I'll never forgive them for what they did. Community. They're lone rangers. They're self-sufficient. They may even help you, but they're not going to let you help them. Their testimony is always, ain't nobody going to do nothing for me. They're unable to connect with others and build community. They have no vulnerability. They never open up. You, 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 you'll, they'll know things about you, but you'll never know things about them. They live a very guarded life. You know, some people with this spirit, and this is layered, it's a lot of it. I'm just giving you some. You can drive them home. And they'll say, just let me out here. You live right here? No, just, I'm good right here, though. Why can't I take you down in front of your house? I'm good right here, just let me out right here. Because everything is like, I want you to know nothing about me. I'm just trying to give you a ride home and bless you. And take you to your front door. It's raining. And you said, let y'all on the corner. You're going to walk, you know, four houses. Just let me take, I'm good, I'm good. Identity. They suffer from knowing who they are. They look to others to define them. They reject themselves and teach others to reject them. You ain't got to pick me. I'm good. I'm, you just pick them. You, and, and they teach this. They don't know they're teaching, but they're teaching you how to reject them. I'm all right. I, 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 I eat last. I ain't got to have nothing right now. Let them go ahead and eat. Why can't you get your plate now? I'm good. I'm good. Because you never see yourself as worthy to be treated the right way. They admire and idolize others but they quickly devalue and reject them when they're disappointed or hurt people, people go from being your a coon boom they still say that ace, ace. what did I say ace. well I, I got the mic so um, <laughs> people go from being your ace coon boom to being a demon overnight yeah um Identity issues. They're task driven. The more they work and accomplish, the better they feel about themselves. They find their identity in what they've accomplished. Ever seen somebody always talking about what they did? Say, hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. I just just left. I just got my car washed and I I washed all four times myself. And and yesterday I was at work and I I sent the fax. And you said, wait a minute. I just want to know how you're doing. It's, 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 It's cool. Because they find identity in their accomplishments. They're great chameleons. They can adapt to whatever environment to be accepted. So you don't even drink, but you're down there drinking. You figure everybody else drinking. I want them to think I'm I'm not cool, so I'm a drink too. I don't even cuss, but I'm cuss because everybody else cussing, and I want them to think I'm lame or I'm weak, so I'm a cuss too. I I don't even dress like this, but everybody else had it on, so I figure I'll put this on too because that's what they wear, and I don't want them to think I'm. So I'm just, I'm just going to adapt to whatever. And you just lay it around all the time and you don't even know who you are. 
Communication. They usually get communication cues wrong. They hear what they want to hear. They hear through hurt ears. They usually hear what's not even said. I can say, you know what? Man, what you do is great when you're doing this, and I love it. But if you can just tweak this, man, that'll take you over the top. And what you heard was, I ain't no good. I can't do nothing right. That's what you heard. And that's not what was said at all. And you didn't just hear it, but you built on that. You built, you built life around those words that, that wasn't even said and, and, and you halted relationships from the person who said what you thought they said. It's an orphan mentality. Are y'all still here? I said, are you still here? Loyalty, they struggle with being loyal. In your face and behind your back are two different things. And they will throw you under the bus to benefit them. Because they love loosely. They don't care if you come or go. Because they're, they're, they don't think they can be loved anyway. They're not used to people staying. They're used to sabotaging relationships anyway. So, so, so they love very loosely. Authority. They usually distance themselves from authority or father figures. Submission to them is sometimes foreign. They show up physically but not always in the heart. They seek recognition and they crave attention all the time. You said, well, that's, hey, me, because kids do that. I've seen adults. I've seen adults upwards of 50 years old who crave attention. They work hard not to be exploited or mis- misused. They find comfort in titles and positions. It gives them their identity. And usually they must be in control at all times. It's what I want, the way I want it, when I want it, what I want to eat, where we want to go, who's going to drive, who's going to stay, what we're going to wear. I got to be in control. But there is healing from this orphan spirit and mentality. There, there's, you can be restored mentally, physically, and emotionally. Healing means to be restored mentally, physically, and emotionally back to health. There is deliverance from the orphan spirit into, write this down, the spirit of adoption. You can't move from where you are until you acknowledge where you are. Now, here is the thing with this breakthrough. Here is the thing with this breakthrough. How many of you figure or sense just from these last few weeks, I want to be totally free from this if it's on me. Raise your hand. This breakthrough will require a breakup. Write that down. Let that simmer for about 30 seconds. Because some of us trying to get breakthrough in the same environment, same things, it's going to require a breakup. Because some of you inherited this from the people you hang with. You weren't acting like an orphan. You started hanging with a whole bunch of orphans. You got a nice house. You got a nice father. You got nice this. But you're hanging with orphans. It's like kids that they got it made trying to be a thug, trying to hang with the, the wrong crowd. And you're like, what are you doing? What, 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 why are you doing that? You, you, got, you got this, you got that, you got this available to you, this available to you. Why are you not in there acting up? Why you, why you pull your pants up? Why are you wearing them dirty shoes? What, what are you doing? Wash your face. Why are you going to comb your hair? I'm trying to fit in. I'm trying to act like, why? When you have a good father and a good home 
And the thing about it, all of us have a good father and a good home and the king's table where we belong. So why are we down at the thrift store? Whatever you need is at this table. I said, whatever you need is at this table. I've been out to eat sometimes just naturally with people and, and, and it's maybe like leaders or pastors or something and there's somebody there that may not be a pastor say, come on, sit with us. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. That's for the reverence. Well, we just all going to have some chicken. It's, it's okay. Oh, that's, that, ain't, that ain't for me. That's, that's, I'm good. Come on, sit with us, man. No, I'm not going to sit at that table. That's not cool. It's not cool that I got to beg you to come and sit where you belong. Look, 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 look at Romans chapter 8. Are y'all here? Now this kind of stuff you have to, Pastor Al, you have to teach it through. You can't just be in there hollering and screaming and running around and throwing oil. You got to stop and get some understanding. So you don't come back next year with the same thing. One of them was at a, she said a conference, she was telling me, she said broke her heart. And there's about 5,000 women there. And, and, and there was a call made for those who have lost their way. Or, or come, you come tell it. You come help me. Help her. Yeah. I, I want her to teach with me more. I said, I want her to teach with me more. Y'all say Amen. Like, come on. So there was a call, and it, and it was saying basically how many women have lost their, like lost their zeal for God. And out of 5,000 women, I'll say about 3,000 of them came up. And I'm sitting there looking like, okay, we've, this is our maybe second day, maybe third day of the conference, and you still, you have not found your zeal, you've lost your zeal. And it broke my heart because so many times we go to these things and we just go for show. We don't go to get what we need from God or it's not even there. What Mm. we need from God is not there because if I tell you how to get out, I can't sell no books and tapes. So a lot of times we go to different things and it's like, hey, I need to sell my product. So I'm not going to tell you how to get in your word and how to get out. I'm just going to tell you, hey, you need to get out of depression. But how do I get out of depression? I ain't going to tell you that. And we don't go to the word for ourselves to find out. So we stay in this orphan mentality. So it's like I saw almost like 3,000 orphans coming up to the stage. And you, they couldn't flood the stage because the stage is yay big. But it, it hurt my heart. And I did not hear from that session how to get out of this. It's just like if you get out, come on, drag this and drag that. No, let it go. The orphan mentality will have us continue to drag it on, drag it on to the next conference. Hey, tell me, hey, get rid of that depression. Drag it on to the next conference. Not let it go and release it so I can be free. How about we have some freedom conferences? How many of you are free and you stand free? So, keep your mic, keep your mic on, cause you. That's why here. <laughs> We are called winning women. Come on, come on. You know, I think before we had, we had gone into this era where the women are coming and crying and woe is me and this is my past and all this. I said, hey, stop that. Put the brakes on that. We are not coming here to cry about our past. One of our pillars here in winning women is to not let our past stop us, but to let our past mistakes be our future accomplishments. 
So when you come in here in this church, when you come into winning women, we're going to teach you how to win and not just at that day, at that event, but how to win in your life. And if we don't know how to win in our life, we can't, we can't pick our sisters up. So you hanging around people that are down in Lodabar because you're in Lodabar. But you got to win in your life and be able to pick up your sister and win. That's why we are against this orphan mentality. Like he said, we, we taught about it. We're, we're learning about it. And we said, hey, we got to get this has to be gone. The enemy did not want this to come out. Because he's like, hey, I got them. They've been doing this. They've been doing that. You know, they've been talking about the, the fruit of rejection, those leaves of rejection. But they have not gotten down to the root. So this series is causing us to get to the root of that. And when you get to the root of that, the leaves dry up and fall down. So all of this stuff that we're dealing with, when we get to that root and cut that root off, and the, the root just, it don't come off in one service. Hey, I'm free, yeah. When he, when he said this, when we're teaching this, the enemy is always at our heels. You know, the word says he comes immediately to steal the word that was sown. So you got to continue, get these messages, continue to listen to them, continue to saturate yourself so we can continue to chop at that root. Ah. When you chop at that root, rejection goes, depression goes, low self-esteem goes, insecurity goes, all of this, hey, woe is me. And I didn't have, listen, I, my father wasn't in my life either. Mm, go, go. And the enemy tries to put that, tries to make me feel a certain way about that. But we talked about that and it's like, no, we got to get rid of that. Your natural father wasn't there for you like you needed him to be there. But your heavenly father has always and is always there for you. So when you see me, don't think, hey, she got it all together or she ain't been through nothing. Y'all don't know what I've been through. Come on. But I don't, I don't parade it around here on the stage. I walk in the liberty where when I was set free. I'm not entangled again into the bondage of sin, but I walk in that freedom. Cutting this hair off was just one, one inkling of that freedom. And now the enemy was like, oh, you think you bad? You're going to cut your hair off you free? So he going to try to, you know, put me, poke me with this and poke me with that. But I still put my foot on his neck and I twist. That wasn't just a saying in October the 7th, but today, yeah. what is today? What's today? March 24th, I'm still putting my foot on his neck and I'm twisting. Because he, he, he don't mind putting his foot, putting his hands on me. So you always have to stay in a posture to not let the, not let that orphan spirit attach itself to you. But you say, Hey, I am the redeemed of the Lord and I say so. I am the righteous of God and I say so. Now he don't like this talk. I see your shirt says queen. He don't like that talk. So he going to come against your mind and say, you ain't no queen. You ain't nothing. But you got to stand up in the liberty and you got to know and you got to believe that you are a queen and you are a king and you are everything God has called you to be. I didn't mean to get up here and no, talk no, no, about no, no. this. No, 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 stay here. Cause this, no, no, this, this, this real stuff, it's real stuff. And, and, I, and, and, and I like how she said, it cause people think because she's pastor London, we, we flew in here from heaven. We, 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 no, we deal with what we're teaching all the time. When we begin to uncover this and go through healing from it, the enemy turned the heat up even more. I remember we was just, we, a couple of things when, when, when 
this is, we're in March of 2019. But when I was studying this and going through this, the enemy brought up to me, it took me through like a, like a weak depression or a week of, um, of, of, of this, 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 this demonic abandonment feeling because he brought up literally like a movie, every person that left our church last year. And I began to feel utterly abandoned. And I'm like, where does this come from? We, we're through that, we're past that. Then we went to service for, for, for somebody in her family and her dad was there. And I noticed she was real distant. She didn't want to go near her dad. She didn't want to even go speak. And I'm, this, this spirit's trying to crank back up. I'm like, no, we're we, we going to go. She said, no, I don't want to go. I said, no, you need to go speak. No, I don't want to go up there. And I said, well, we're going to stay for the repast. No, I just want to go home. I said, no. So we left the, the service. And, and, and I, I knew she wanted to go, but the spirit was saying, no, you don't need, don't go, you know, um, harassing her. And so I says, I, I, I says, well, they're, they're going to the cemetery. Uh, we ain't going to go way out there, but, but I'm going to bring you back to the church when they get back. No, I'm good. I ain't got to do that. I said, no, we're going to go downtown. We're going to get some meat. We're going to go back way south to this repast, and we're going we gonna to make this happen. We're going to do this because sometimes you got to just do it even if you're afraid or with the enemy in this end, you got to move forward. And there's two people sitting around, I ain't, ain't going to say nothing. I ain't, ain't going to approach them. I ain't going to call them me. I know, go over there and talk. Yeah, it's going to be awkward. Yeah, you may want to slap them for the first time. But you got to make it happen. It, that's, that's putting all this stuff to work. And we sit and we hear it and say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We don't do nothing and we don't grow. And that's why every conference, like she said, I'm back in line again for prayer for depression. Well, when, does, when do you become free? When is my testimony? I'm no longer depressed. Yeah, he tries it. He may try it. He may try it. I may feel it. I'm, but I'm not going to succumb to it. When do we get there? And that's why the church at large is getting richer and richer off of your brokenness. Because we got to keep you broke so we can keep making money. But if you get free, I don't need no more of your books. I don't need your car because I'm free. But I can almost promise you those three thousand women you're talking about, they were probably at the, at the altar that morning and they back at that that night and they're gonna go to the conference next month and go back to the altar. When do we get free? But you gotta wanna be free. You That's gotta the wanna thing. be free. I can teach you how to be free all day. I can give you 18 points from 1 to 18 to tell you how to be free. But you have to want to be free. You have to want to get out of this stuff that you've been in. You have to want to not be the victim anymore. You have to want to not be in this orphan mentality anymore. It's your choice. This, even as we're teaching this, it's your choice. We can't force it down your throat, just like God doesn't force himself down our throat. He gives us a choice. He says, hey, I put before you life and death, blessings and curses, but he gives you the answer. He says, choose life that you and your descendants may live. So this life is not just for me. It's for my children that are over here acting up. It's for my children. So I have to choose to be free so that can be broken out for them. Because if you don't think it's, it's the, the enemy is on our heels, hey, he's on their heels as well. It's like, oh, y'all PKs, I'm going to get you this way. I'm going to get you this way. But no, so you have to want to be free for you and you have to want to be free for your children, because, because, for your seed. Because what we don't deal with our children with. Yes. And listen, we have been built up in this word and sometimes they come here and 
they sent. And you might not think they know as much word as they do. But listen, the enemy comes to them and they succumb sometimes. So listen, if we've been built up and we're coming here all the time and the enemy still tries to get us, what do you think is going to happen to your children? Most of what our children are dealing with is stuff we didn't. I'm going to talk about it next week on Youth Sunday. But, but, but this orphan, and we've been studying, and, and, and the more we study, the more stuff is uncovered. So even me reading through all these characters, it, it wasn't just to, to point out stuff. It's so you can identify what's harassing you to keep you from the next level. Because we've been calling it other stuff. It is what it is. You're saved. You love God. You love your family. But this is, this is real stuff. And when you saved and when you love God, you got to know there's a target on your back. The enemy has a target on your back because he, he lost us. So he's like, no, I need some more people for me. I need some more people. So he lost you when you got saved. So when you got saved and you surrendered your life to God, there was a target right here. And say, ding, 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 ding. That's why there's a constant harassment for the believer. I, I know you love God and went through all the classes, but there's a constant and, and, and the higher you go, the more harassment there is. The higher you go, the more harassment there is by the enemy. Because you have an expected end that's already been carved out for you. And his job is to keep you from it. Keep you from reaching there. Keep you in Lodabai, she said. Keep you feeling depressed and, and confused and not worthy. But all the while you're in church. You want to know why church is declining? Because we don't talk like this in it no more. So I come and I wish and I hope God will do something. When he don't, I become upset. I become bitter. Now I don't want to go because what I'm saying is that don't work. I done gave money. I done prayed. I done spoken tongue. I done had hands laid on me. And done put all on me. And nothing has changed. So now I'm bitter with God. I'm bitter with the past. I'm bitter with my small group. I'm mad with everybody because nothing is working. You know, those are the mechanics. When we learn how to have and establish that relationship with our Heavenly Father, that's when we start seeing change. Yeah. That's when we start seeing change. We, like you said, you say, hey, I'm going to give and it's going to happen. I'm going to do this and it's going to happen. But you don't have a relationship with the Heavenly Father, nothing's going to happen. So that's the first thing to get rid of this orphan mentality. You got to have a relationship with your heavenly father. You got to know what he promised you because we, the word says his promises are yes and amen. But if you don't know him, go, 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 go. <laughs> this is good, ain't it? See, see, if, if we don't bring church down to where people live, we're gonna, we're gonna be, we're, we're gonna vanish. We're gonna vanish. This, this is classroom setting in our church. These are life lessons we're teaching, so you can live better. And nobody wants to live the way they're living, if it's not according to God's plan. Some of us, we, we full of drama. Baby mama drama, baby daddy drama, job drama, this drama, that drama, money drama, drama drama, and that becomes your life. I'd be bitter too. And so know this, one of the biggest things I can tell you today, we can tell you today, is two words, us two. 
we ain't sitting up here from heaven and nothing. No, we got to deal with stuff every single day. Us too. And when, like I said, when we started studying this, it started to manifest even the more. Stuff we didn't even realize we were dealing with that we had in us that was the reason of some of our crap in our life. Some of your, some of your most top leaders are some of your most intricate people in the world. I had to deal with that. Some, some, sometimes the most depressing moments of my life was driving home from church. Because after I had ministered and hugged all y'all kids and kissed them all on the forehead and gave them gummy bears and laid hands and flowed in my gifts because they are without repentance, then I got in the car and was like, okay, what about me? Because I know you see it on Facebook and all that stuff, but people don't usually look out to their strong friends. Because they, they, they strong. Or some of y'all in families, and y'all the strong one, you the strong sister, you the strong brother. They'll, they don't have to call you and say, how you doing? Because that's what you're supposed to be, because you the strong one. And they expect you to be strong. That's why when they even see signs of weakness, they say, what's wrong with you? You ain't, oh, oh, you human too? Yeah, I'm human too. And sometimes what I prayed off for you, I got to go home and deal with it on me. It's real talk, Jack. That's why I got to stop. That's why I was, I was about to tell you the story. I said, you come tell it yourself and open up a can. I need that can to stay open, though. No, for real. We do. We, I, I'm, not, I'm not the pastor and she's the co-pastor. We pass it together. And there are some things you got to hear from her. She has to say them. Because she preach at home all the time. Come on, say, preach, Pastor London. Preach, Pastor London. Says, don't leave us hanging. Don't leave us hanging. See, 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 we, we are on the verge of something our church has been waiting to see happen for 12 years. I believe that. I sense that so strong Wednesday night. I, you, you can sense it. You can sense it. So if you're trying to calculate, you know, natural things for it, you're going to miss it. I can sense it. The fact that, that we've been having that, um, not the heels, the, the pajama party for a couple of years. And it's been free. And we've been three weeks out begging folk to sign up for the free pajama party. This year, in two and a half weeks, it sold out. And there was a price on it. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a hunger. People tired. Tired of playing games. I, I got to get something. People have said, okay, God, I'm going to give you one last year. Oh, you, are you, I, I know you probably shouldn't do that, but some people, okay, God, because I was, I was leaving you last year, but I'm going to give you one more year. And if this and the other don't turn around, I, I got a plan B. You know you got a plan B. Some of y'all trying to hold fast. Some of you unmarried. But you got, you got, you got a sugar daddy in the wings. He waiting. If this don't work, I, I know what to do. Sugar rots your teeth, ladies. Oh. And men. But in this season, if you sit at the feet of Jesus and receive the word, 
you can get rid of all your plan B's. Because what he said for you is going to come to pass. He's not the problem. He's not waiting for you to perform so he can do something. He's not the problem. He's already done for you. We got to get in a position to receive it, and that's by understanding. That's why we're talking about this. And so one of the points that I'm getting to, I don't have time to get to it now, but, but, but number one is we must embrace the spirit of adoption. Write that down. And that is the whole point she was making. I'm not going to go into today. I'm going to pick it up next week of, of seeing God as our father. That's, we keep saying that, but y'all are like, what that mean? I'm going to tell you what that means. It's very important that you understand that. We have put natural people in the place of our father God. And most people in church are bitter, not because God did something, but the person you put in God's place did. And I'm going to show you how to balance that because you need a leader. You need a pastor. Anybody that tell you you don't need to be subscribing to no leadership, you don't need no, there's leaders everywhere in the world, Jack. There's a leader on the plane when you get on there. It's a pilot leading and there's an airline attendant that's leading. I don't care if she make 20000 a year and there's a guy sitting back there that make 500 If she tell him to sit down, he about to sit down and put your seatbelt on and don't walk when this light is on. That's called a leader. They're giving instructions and you follow them. It's only in church we say, I don't need that part. Anybody going to tell me what to do? Anybody's going to lead me? And this is the order of God. So first you must embrace the spirit of adoption. Write down this verse, Romans chapter number eight. Can I read it to you and then I'll sit down? She said, read it. Verse 14. Are y'all getting this? In the balcony, y'all getting this? Yeah, we're going to tag team this one here through. You tag my hand and I'll tag yours and we're going to hit it. We're going to hit it. This stuff is real, man. I sat in my office and you, you would have thought I had lost a loved one. It just hit me like all of a sudden. I'm like, I just, this, it, it was a spirit of abandonment. Like I had been abandoned. And this orphan spirit will also cause you not to see your part in anything. It'll make you blame everybody else. It's, it's not my fault. It's everybody else. It's my boss, my job, my pastor, the small group, the praise team, the musicians. It's, it's the people that check, me, check my children in downstairs. It's the parking people. It's, it's the lady at the cleaners, the lady at the McDonald's. It's everybody else's fault because I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. That's an orphan mentality. That's an orphan mentality with a side of pride. Yeah, side of pride. The orphan mentality is enough. You don't need a side with it. It's like ordering a two-piece and you get two sides. Give me a third side. You don't need a third side. That's, that's enough. It came with two and a piece of bread. That's enough. <laughs> Romans chapter 8, verse number 14. And there shall be great freedom in this series. This, this, is, this is so serious. That I've, I've in the, just in the last month, we've embraced so many people that this spirit has highly affected and they had suppressed it. But when you start teaching on it, it begins to manifest. I mean, grown men, grown women. Some of the stories I've heard are traumatic and I wouldn't wish it on an enemy. 
And this stuff happens when you're three and when you're four and when you're seven. And if you don't deal with it, you grow up. And then you get married or you date or you join the church and you act like none of that ever existed. And it's still there. And it's the reason you act the way you do and respond the way you do. It's the reason you can't keep a man or can't keep a woman. You keep the man trying to love you. You married. He's trying to love you. You won't even let the man love you because you got father issues. And, and we act like, no, I'm good. No, you're not good. You need healing. And there's just as many men as women because we make this. I've heard it taught on one side. It's all women. No, 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 no. There's just as many men as women. And the problem is, I, you have this orphan spirit, this fatherlessness spirit that is riding you and has been riding you. Now you get married and you have children and I got to be to them what was never done for me. And I don't know how to do that. So the baby daddy drama, it's not that men are dogs and want to get you pregnant and leave you. They don't know. I ain't getting no amens on that one. But they don't know. They were taught in the streets. They were raised on porn. They were told, get all the booty you can get. Nobody said, but there may be a baby come out of that booty when you get through. Now what you going to do? Nobody said that. So now you got one on the west side. You got a baby on the south side. You got one you're trying to hide up north. And you don't know what to do. And so society says, condemn them. Kill them. Lock them up. They're no good. They are their mistakes and nobody is the mistake that they made. And if we don't stop and be taught and get healed, we'll keep this cycle going. We're in this position right now because of a father spirit that's been missing in the earth, not the church, in the earth. There are things that you must get from a father. You must get them. It was designed that way. But because of the fall, everything got off. So now what do I do? God is your father and he'll make sure you get what your natural father didn't give you. He'll put somebody in your life. You can call him Papa or Dad or Pops or whatever. You can call him by his first name. But he'll put somebody there to feel the things that your father should have done. Because you don't get to just live without those. We don't want to talk about this in church. Church needs to become one big therapy session. Because we running and jumping and flipping and crying. And then we get through. We've had an emotional experience. And nothing to take home. Nothing to take home. So you come back next week for another one. To get you through the next week. You come back next week and get you another experience. This will get me through the Wednesday. And on Wednesday I'll call my prayer warrior. She'll pray with me. And I read my book on Friday just to get back to Sunday because ain't no prayer this Saturday. And then I'll get me another one on Sunday and I'll get through it. I'm going to try to hold this one to Friday. But if not, I'm going to call Sister Carlotta, somebody to pray with me because, you know, and we never get healed. And insecure people love insecure people because you make them feel a false security because you come into them with your insecurity not knowing they insecure too. So they grinning with you and they just as hurt, just as battered. And that becomes dangerous. So I never get to deal with my stuff because I'm feeling good about dealing with yours. I'm feeling good about you telling me all your business. That if I ain't called to handle it, I'm probably leaking it. 
if I ain't anointed to handle you like that, I'm most likely leaking your information. Y'all want to talk about it or not? Y'all want to play church? You want to talk about it? You want to deal with this or not? You want to get free or not? You want to buy the summertime, not just to have a summer body, but a God body and a God mind. Because we put a lot of attention on getting this out. I got to get my summer body. How about your God mind? How about your summer mind, your fall mind, your winter mind? How about getting that right? So I can enjoy my portion. Whether I'm in a five-bedroom house or one-bedroom apartment, I'm good, Jack. I'm in peace. I'm not bothered. I got my rent paid. I'm straight. Jesus, and come the day I'm ready to go to heaven. But not living through all this drama continually and hoping and praying that God will help you one day. Please, Father, please. Please help me, Jesus, please. And you keep going saying, please, I need rent this month. Please, I need peace. God, I still ain't got a man. God, I still need a woman. God, this. God, that. God, I got this. God, I got that. And God says, you're trying to get an inheritance instead of living from the one you already got. Jesus. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The daughters of God. What you're being led by. What you're being led by. Can your father, God, tell you what to do? Can he tell you to turn that off and stop watching it? Can he tell you you didn't had enough of the housewives of Gary? Can he tell you you shouldn't be watching Green Leaf? Because you already struggled with trusting the church. You probably shouldn't be watching that. Can, can your father tell you that? Can your father say, I'm trying to get something to your daughter. Be a part of Liberty Offering this year. Can he tell you that? And you not tell him, but God. That's a whole thousand dollars. To the church, he gonna buy that another shirt with my money. No, no. no. Y'all laugh because you know I'm telling the truth. I get a check just like you. You work a job? You get a check? Twice a month? Me too. I get my check, I pay my bills, I buy clothes, I do what I want to do. As I should. And I don't ask you what you do with your check. Why are you concerned about what I do with mine? For those that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons and daughters of God. For ye, verse 15, have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, the slave spirit, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry Abba Father we call him Daddy I have a heavenly father then I have a natural father who's my first dad pops pastor bishop this will always be dad pops pastor bishop 
This is my natural father. God transitions you in seasons based on where he's trying to take you. Then I have a spiritual father, Michael Freeman. He's a father pop's dad to me. Then I have teachers. But I don't have 500 fathers. That's a whole nother lesson there, Jack. That's my spiritual father. That's my spiritual father. That's my spiritual bishop. That's my spiritual apostle. You confused. And I don't get to change that. Even if this man wasn't there and he was, this is my daddy. I don't get to change it and he don't get to change it. Whether I'd never met him, whether he's a jerk, whether he didn't pay child support, whether he didn't pick me up for the show, that's still my dad. I can trust God with it to help me build something with him if there's nothing there. Y'all, I see, I, I, I hit something. I hit something. I hit something. I hit something. Because Wendy Williams told y'all and Oprah told y'all all this stuff that ain't in the Bible. Because they bitter with their parents. They're pushing their bitterness off on you. And they become the voice for you on earth. They voice louder than God's. These bunch of bitter billionaires. We don't work on that system. We work on a love system. And love says they hurt you. You love them regardless. Y'all, I'm losing the church. I'm losing the church. I'm losing y'all now. Y'all was just saying amen. Love says love them anyway. Love said love them regardless. And love said don't keep no record of wrong. You still talking about he didn't pick you up for the show when you were three. No, I'm not trying to make fun of it. At some point, you got to let that go. Because it's hurting you. He didn't want to remarry. He got three more kids and you still hurt. You got to let that go. And now you bit every time you see his other kids. I'm talking to somebody now. You want to punch his new kids in the face. That ain't they fault. How about this man didn't know and he needed the same grace and the same Jesus and the same love that all of us need. And if you pray for him instead of keep rebuking him, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord and he'll turn the heart. But that happens through love. And not you sitting down and training your kids in hate. You go over there, don't tell them nothing. Don't, don't even look at them. And, if, and if, it's, if, it's, if his new wife says something, just, just, just cuss at her if you want to. I don't care. And tell her to call me. Tell her to call me. She don't want none of this. That, you training your kids in hate. And you know why you're doing it? Because you hurt. And I understand you're hurt. And listen, you have every right to be hurt. You do. But you also have a right to accept him as father. And be healed and live your life free from all of that drama. It's taxing to keep up drama. It's taxing to remember who you're supposed to be mad with, and who you're supposed to be cussing out, and who you can't eat with. And it's, it's taxing to do all of that. Nobody got time for that. I'm living my best life, regardless of what, how many cards I was dealt. If I got a bad hand, 
If I got lemons, I serve a God that can make lemonade out of lemons. No more victim. What happened to you, I want you to hear my heart, shouldn't have happened. It was never the will of God, so I'm not making light of that. I am telling you, it's time for you to be healed. You're not going to go another year carrying this baggage around. You're not. You're going to be free in Jesus' name. And you're going, God going to teach you how to love. You're going to see him. Because here's how you know you ain't passing. When you see him and something always jumps in you. You want, you want to hurt somebody. You, you get angry. You, you, ain't, you, ain't, you ain't passing yet. But when you can walk past and say, oh, oh, hey, hey, how you doing? You good? I'm good. Give me a hug. You, you know, I'm, I'm healed, Jack. I'm good. You moving on. But you see him and you mother, you ain't here. Because some of y'all done custom. You custom this week. You, you know you did. Healing is, there's a bomb in Gilead. There's a bomb in Gilead. God wants his people whole. He wants his people free. He wants his people healed. He wants his people unbothered. He wants us living in peace. He wants us living in joy. He wants us to get the expected in. He's laid out for us. Stand on your feet. I got to stop. Lift your hands up. Father, we thank you. Get the mic, London. Come pray. Come on, come on, pray. Father, we thank you for your word that has gone forth. We thank you, God, for that word that has penetrated our hearts. Now, Father, we just take this word and we let it just flood our souls, flood our minds, our will, our imagination, our emotions, and our intellect, and just receive. We receive healing today, oh God. We receive that balm in Gilead that's going through the inner parts, the innermost parts that we had even forgotten about. We receive that healing balm now as it's flowing through in the mighty name of Jesus. No longer will we reject your love. No longer will we reject that healing power. But we receive it today as we are lifting up our hands as a sign of surrender. We receive that balm today in the name of Jesus. Father God, I thank you that even we can even feel it tangibly going down through and healing those wounds and healing the broken hearts, healing our minds, healing everything that you have not called for us. We receive that healing on today, oh God. And not only do we just receive it today, but we have a continual receiving of your love, a continual receiving of your grace, a continual receiving of your healing power, oh God. We receive what Jesus did on the cross today and every day of our lives. And we don't take this word for granted, but we thank you, God, that the word has been planted in our heart as a seed. And we thank you, God, that that word begins to spring up Uh. in us. And as it springs up in us, everything that's not like you has to go in the name of Jesus. So we thank you, God, for that healing balm of Gilead that salve that's going through (laughs) and touching the innermost parts of our hearts 
that part that we thought was hidden away from birth, from, that was hidden away from our childhood. We thank you that that balm is touching it and removing away the pain, removing away the hurt, removing away the shame in the name of Jesus. For your word says that your people shall never be ashamed. Yeah. So we thank you, God, that even as this word has been released, shame is fleeing in the name of Jesus. Fear has fleeing, has flown in the name of Jesus. So we thank you, God, for your grace and your mercy. And thank you for always thinking of us, for always being ever mindful of us. Even sometimes when we're not mindful of ourselves, you are ever mindful of us. And we don't take it for granted, but we say out of our mouths, we love you, Jesus. We yes. love you, Jesus. Yes. And we thank you for thinking about us, for coming to see about us. And we thank you, God, for being our heavenly father, ah. that father that loves us no matter what we've been through, no matter what we've done. And we receive that love today. And we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. You receive the word, clap your hands.